Hello and welcome to the bonus podcast for episode 447 of Conversation Street and we are going to be talking about the second half of the 1980s this evening because we have just finally reached the end of our 1980s DVD. And what a trip back in time it's been. Has it? Yeah, it has. Have you enjoyed it? Um, Yeah, I said before I'm finding it more difficult to get what's going on all the time in these episodes and it's Mm. partly because there's a bigger cast partly because storylines are a bit more complicated and convoluted and take place over a lot longer of a period of time than they did before and partly because there are more episodes in a year so fewer represented on the discs yeah no i i see what you mean it, it definitely felt in the older ones like there were more individual episodes and it was easier to catch up with what was happening. And yeah. The, the cast definitely makes a difference. But um, There are people that have come and gone in the 80s that I still don't really know who they are. Uh, yeah, which I guess we'll get to in a little bit. But I, I, I've enjoyed it. And when we, when we started the 1980s back in the summer, I guess it was, I was looking forward to it because I thought, well, this is the decade that Corey kind of turns a corner and uh, turns into something different. Okay. And I definitely do say that as we oh, now... Do I do say indeed. <laughs> as we leave the 1980s and enter the 90s, it's a very different beast to how it was at the end of the 1970s. It feels it feels like we've definitely entered <laughs> kind of you know, the, the middle era of Coronation Street. It sort of is in my head. I, I kind of get the idea that... <laughs> Every single time we do one of these, this isn't our... It feels like every single time we do one of these, we're like, oh, we're in a new era of Coronation Street now. It's definitely different to how it used to be. It's funny because... It does show you how often the show like reinvents itself or how it's continuously refreshing its approach and how, how it deals with things and how it tackles things and the sort of character mix it's got. It is constantly changing. You don't notice it, you know, year on year. Yeah. But when you look back and at the beginning of the 80s and imagine what it was like back when it started it, it really does feel like a, a different thing entirely and, and again looking ahead into the 1990s I mean by the time we hit the millennium it's going to be a completely different place I mean it will have gone through its hugest um, makeover in the in the second half of the 1990s by the time we, we do this um, w- whenever it will be for the end of the 90s but it, it definitely feels like as I said, in my head now, I guess Coronation Street is the three kind of eras. The the, okay. the vintage era, yeah. which I think the 1960s and 70s cover quite nicely. And then the, in the 1980s, we've got some fantastic, memorable characters, some hugely strong cast that people that, you know, stayed in it a Iconic. long time. Yeah, uh, and, and it's almost like every every cast member in there is... Yeah, gold as it were. Like what every every scene you look, what was wall to wall, classic, classic, well loved characters, um, and it's still it's still holding on to that little bit of history, um, and then in in the by the time we get to the two thousands, it's starting to peter out a little bit in terms of you know pure gold and and more characters are coming in and they're, they're, who are a bit more disposable I, I still think that that the 80s and the 90s uh you know i hope you, you, you I get what i'm trying to say, to say. It, I, I think that as time goes on characters become a bit more disposable 
people get hired because of how they look as much as anything else. And you get people, you get stories where the characters do what the plot wants them to do. Mm. And I don't think that Cory was like that. No, and we've... For lots of its years. No, and for the 1980s, it's definitely still in the purely character-led drama, um, the, 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 the gentle comedy, but we are starting to see a little bit more of the sensationalism, which I'm not going to criticise... I really do enjoy that about modern curry the 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 massive drama the the explosions the stunts the the huge twists and uh, and everything I, I I think that's great in modern curry and it's been funny watching the second half of the 1980s seeing that start to emerge yeah. we got a little hint of it in the <laughs> first half of the 80s particularly in 1983 with the Ken Deirdre Mike Love triangle um but it's it's crept more into the second half um, and, and I'm thinking that storyline-wise, the the ones that have stood out to me, I mean, I, I think 1989 was the strongest year on on the disc that we saw, but it wasn't just disc, was it? Because thanks to some recommendations from um, the likes of Coropedia, we've been able to fill in some gaps on some of the classic episodes. And I, and I think this past year that we've been watching with the, the, the Brian's stabbing and the aftermath of that... And obviously the whole Alan Bradley saga, that was a really, really strong, strong period I mean, for the show. And and both dark as well, in a way. Yeah. Yet when, you know, 20 years, 30 years later, when Corey is criticised for, for being too dark under Kate Oates, it's like, it, it did used to be similar. It's not, it's not the same. It's not the same. But um, yeah, I, I, I was particularly gripped by those stories. I don't know whether I'm misremembering because even though we've only been doing this for this year, it's not like I have to draw my mind back particularly far. I'm still find I still find it difficult to do that anyway. It feels like that the, this is the first time we've been able to say, oh, on these discs, the main stories really were this, 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 and this. Whereas before, it's like yeah, there was this big story about that. But also all these other little things happened and mm. like characters' lives were were a bit more felt a bit more realistic in that, you know, bits and pieces happened to them and mm. nothing particularly was drawn out. But this is like there were there were a few like really big ongoing sagas, if you like. Yes. Yeah, and, and, and it wasn't so much standalone episodes or even like the continued com- comedy caperings of such and X, such. Y, and Z, the seventies. One of my favourite things in it was Stan, Hilda, and Eddie. Yeah, and there there were lots little kind of pocket episodes, which is all about whatever adventures they got up to yeah. that day. And we we didn't see so much of that in the nineteen eighties. It felt like and if I, there was a story that was ongoing. It would like be over in a few weeks. Well, in, 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 the, the, in the in the in the, old, old, in the old and olden days, yeah, yeah. No, I I know what you mean exactly, and there's certainly something to be said for that. But but equally, I I did really enjoy watching the more drawn out, um, developed Alan yeah. Bradley. But I think these story. days you can say, I mean, it's not we're not just going to bash modern Corries all the time. We'll say modern Corries are a bit more ambitious with the lengths of storylines, mm. like the longest stories. In the on these discs were you know maybe a year, yeah. Whereas now you're seeing stories that are taking place over multiple years, yes. Like Yasmin and Jeff's um, coercive control stories and 
everything that happened with Callum. I mean, that's still going on, isn't it? But then you could... I I would say to an extent, you could argue that the Alan Bradley (laughs) story lasted more than a year. Yes, it ramped up in 1989, but he came into it in... When was it? I don't know, 86, 87 or so. I oh, know, he came and, into it then, but he wasn't, He wasn't. I don't think he was a, he was a wrong in from the beginning. No, he wasn't. And that, and I think that they there was a point when, when I've seen him say, or, or people involved in the show have said that, that Mark Eden's character, Alan Bradley, was um, a little bit aimless it after a like, few years. So they said, well, what should we, what should yeah, we do with this that's character? What I'm saying, and I it think. was funny watching him in the early days, knowing what he would become. And, and it was <laughs> difficult to judge you know, him to, impartially to, yeah to judge him because you think that's Alan Bradley he's, what's he's he gonna, up to he's, he, yeah <laughs> watch absolutely out. watch out absolutely. he's giving you a lift but he's, like, he's gonna murder you probably he was he was very much um, you know he, he was an estranged father of Jenny at the beginning wasn't he and, and the, the early stories around them was Jenny struggling to accept her dad who she hadn't had much to do well, with well that went really well didn't it in, in her end. life um, but yeah it, it wasn't until 1989 when he when he started um well, I suppose it was late 1988, wasn't it, when he stole the deeds to, That's what I mean. to the house, really pretending to be Len Fairclough. And, uh, it, that was the turning point. Yeah. He always had it in him to be nasty. Well, they all do. Yeah, I know. But, Apart um, from Hilda. Yeah, I, I definitely, <laughs> as I was watching earlier, Alan Bradley was thinking, I don't know whether we should trust you. And obviously at the time we weren't supposed to be... <laughs> to be thinking that at all how, how did you enjoy that particular story and seeing Jenny who's obviously a favourite character oh, it's of great. us now oh it's really I really enjoy it I always like Coronation Street and, and stories in general I find them way more compelling when there's really meaty conflict between characters and it's not all just one sided like well we know who we're supposed to be cheering along here don't we I think Corey did a really good job with pitting Jenny and Rita against one another. Mm. Um, although I, you not you don't agree with Jenny, you can certainly sympathise with her really strongly. With what? With the... with like the fact that she couldn't get over that her dad tried to kill Rita and she didn't believe it. And oh yes, yeah, definitely. I thought that was really she and um, Sonia Matthews even as a as a young whippersnapper, so so good to watch. Really, really good, great actress. I remember you saying to me about a month ago, you didn't realise quite how important Jenny was to the program back in the eighties. I knew that she was Alan Bradley's daughter, and I I don't know I I don't know. <sighs> Yeah, I just had no idea about what she was going to be like. But then I didn't really go into this with many preconceptions about anybody, to be honest. No. Even people like Sally have surprised me. How has Sally surprised you? Um, I don't know. It's just like she's so different from how she is now but obviously she's not she's not she's not left the show for any length of time, has no. she? She's gone from this kind of like young hip plastic white boot wearing Mm. um sort of young youthful character into who like was a bit more happy-go-lucky really she was she was definitely still a a very strongly spoken character an an opinionated character back then but none of the snobbishness a bit more chavvy then i think but her snobbery was apparent perhaps early on when she was fussing over those 
buying those chairs on tick and things like that you know mm, mm. um i mean with, with with jenny i think that it was a, it was definitely I can definitely see why in the 2010 Corinpedia poll she didn't rank hugely highly. I think she was still an interesting character to watch in the in the 1980s, um, but it was certainly a masterstroke to bring her back in the yeah definitely in the 2010s. And it's it's in that it's in this current era that I think we've seen a, a much yeah, a, a proper development and, and evolution yeah. of Jenny into a fully rounded character. Because and and you see shades of what she was to become back then but she to to me jenny in the 1980s was a the third player in the rita allen jenny yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. saga i think that's what i always knew but so so when i saw the episodes with her in i was surprised at how in depth her character was and how complicated she was because i knew that she wasn't a, a massive part yeah. But she definitely. But she was more than you thought that yeah, she was. She was certainly, certainly she, more developed than the likes of Sharon Gaskell. Say, if we're yeah. thinking about Rita's foster children. And uh, yeah, I just think that um, Coronation Street could have really just made this a story about Rita and um, Alan. Alan, <laughs> and you know, not bothered really bringing Jenny into it all that much or just have Jenny side with Rita but making the choice to have her in such denial has made her so much more of an interesting character and added another dimension to this whole thing because and I know that that carries on into 1990 as well because Rita's obviously not her real mother and um but but she is like the wronged party and it's clear isn't it that Alan did wrong but she can't, Jenny can't believe it. And it's definitely, there's definitely something in her that's seeking approval from him because she felt rejected to begin with mm. because she ended up in Rita's care because he couldn't really deal with her. Yeah. And like that, that idea of a rejected child striving for their parents' approval, even though the parent is such a horrible person, is, you know, it's a tragically... A realistic storyline. I've seen it happening in real life. Mm. I've I enjoyed um, seeing some of the relationships she built with some of the other characters, like the the Martin. It for was example. really interesting watching her hanging around with like Sally and yeah and Kevin and Martin and, and stuff. It's y- like oh my god! When Jenny came back in was, was it 13, 13, 14, I can't remember that she had some scenes with Sally, but she's not. She's not had loads to do, and she was a bit of an antagonist to Sally as well, wasn't she, oh, on her return, well. and when Sally was standing for counsellor and everything like that. I really want to watch it. It's a shame that they've not done now. more with that. And when Martin came back into the show, was it last year, the year before, for a little bit, there wasn't anything with Jenny, which is a shame, considering they well, they had some quite important scenes together, including, yeah. that, including that awesome car crash. I, yeah, I know, but the thing is, we, we've said before, there's a really fine balance between being true to the characters and alienating viewers like we we wouldn't have been that bothered about the well we weren't maintaining a true relationship between those two characters because we didn't see the episodes but now mm. we've seen the episodes it means more to us but you know what percent what are the percentages of people watching Cory now who know or care about that mm. Mm. that's the trouble yeah I, I've I just in general about Jenny. I've just found it fascinating seeing her being so young 
Oh, yeah. Like 16, 17 year old. And the hair. Oh, the hair's amazing. She had the most 80s. She's always got great hair. <laughs> a lot of it as well. Well, I know, but the 80s wasn't. The 80s had, like, everything about the 80s. It's like, what were we, what were we all thinking? <laughs> I mean, the I, hair. I remarked when we first saw Jenny, it looked like it, her mum wasn't the only one that was hit by a car. It looked like Jenny had been so drunk. So that, but, that, but the volume. But that's, there was, that's what it was supposed to look like. Yeah. Yeah. The fashion, this is the trouble, like, many, many eras you can look back on it, it's something classic about the looks of that time, but the 80s is a car crash. Yeah, and I mean, you can say similar about Sally, couldn't you, and some of the fashions that she wore, and even and, um, Gina as well. We only got to see Gina for oh, a few yes. episodes in her original incarnation, it's obviously a different actress who played her there, and I don't think we felt, I don't think we saw enough of Gina to really get a much of an impression of her we saw what two three episodes with her in it's and she, she just so. came across as generic yeah you know, nothing teeny, special about punky. her particularly unfortunately not really I, I wouldn't say like oh i saw shades of who connie hyde took yeah yeah on and, and developed into a more rounded character in the last few years i'd, I'd like to have seen more of her but um the, the alan bradley saga itself i i found really really gripping and we watched a good good chunk of episodes from the early from sort of spring 1989 didn't we where um rita's doing a bit of snooping trying to find out what's going on well, with hang Alan, on a minute can where... we go back to like the very beginning of like the the this whole era jenny was a go back to the beginning of that era the whole era what are we going back what is it go back 1985 to the whole yeah well jenny jenny came in in 1986 this January is what i'm trying 86. to say so so you're you're jumping into the end of a well, that that was where that was the climax, wasn't it? That was what it was all building up to with the Jenny what stuff. What was the the Jenny stuff? I'm just talking about. I know, but but you know, Alan and Jenny are new characters for this era, and you're just yeah. like jumping into talking about how the whole thing ends. But it's a bit more interesting than that, isn't it? Because we've seen the whole character arc of Alan Bradley. Yeah. So he came in with Je- you know Jenny was there. Yeah. She, she was a paper girl. I'm I'm trying to think. I mean, he well, she she's a paper girl, and she seemed like a very minor character that first appeared because it basically like she's she's there. She's a, she's a paper girl. Her mum gets killed. And we don't. We never see her mum, do we? No, her first, we just her first her episode reacting. is 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 uh, Rita being told that this their paper girl's mum has been mown down by a car, and then yeah, and, and so also what I found interesting was terrible. um. Brian Capron was playing a social worker, wasn't he? And he was hanging around for a few episodes, like yeah. the, the pre-Richard Hillman. He's trying Hillman. to sort out who's going to look after her because her aunt down south won't look after her because mm. she couldn't understand a word that Jenny was saying. <laughs> um, and so he's got to find somewhere for her to live. And so she she ends up with Rita, yes? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then Alan Bradley comes back into it and it all kind of... Well, he doesn't come back into it because well, he no, he, he comes yeah. into it. And yes. it all kind of, and he sort of starts off as a fairly sympathetic person, and he sort of gets with, with Rita, and they they have a very doomed romance, don't they? Because he really wants to marry her, and she doesn't want to have. Yeah, because it. there was that episode midway through where he takes uh, he surprises Rita. It's shocks a surprise Rita. wedding. I, yeah, and we said before on this this podcast, we said who would have a surprise wedding, <laughs> and then. I mean, you can argue, you know, whether, whether that's a good idea or not. Obviously, some people think it's a good idea and it would be quite fun, I guess, if you went to a party and it turned out it was a wedding. But 
the surprise shouldn't be on one of the people getting married. <laughs> so Rita gets to the um, gets to the register office and her, she's got some crazy harpy friends and she's got, I think Audrey's there and so is Jenny and they'd all been yeah, hiding maybe. this and um, Jenny, Rita got to buy a new outfit and Alan made her wear it and she didn't really know why. And then she turns up at the registry office yeah, she, and she's uh, like, she what are right you lunatics doing? <laughs> I'm not going to get married just because you think it's a fun idea for a day out. Mm. And he gets really upset, doesn't he? And he thinks he's get reje- he, he's been rejected. And I think that was the beginning of him turning against her because mm. he thought, well, I, if I can't be, if you won't give me what I want, then... Yeah, and that's when he starts his security business, yes, isn't it? He, he needs money from um, to, to, to open a shop. And so he does that by stealing the deeds to the house and pretending to be Len... Gets them photocopied. Yeah, can you imagine? And he borrows money against the house and then opens his shop up so he can molest Dawn, is it? Yeah. His little... He's got... So so working in this security shop is um, Martin. Yes, I think so. Martin and Dawn. So so that's Martin Platt and and Dawn, who is just a random woman who turns out to be an estate agent secretly all along. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't get that. That was that was some of the problem that we had with jumping episode to episode. Uh, one, one minute she's... Dawn's working in the lock shop, and the next minute she's showing Mike round a swanky flat in the Weatherfield yeah. Keys. So, um, so she, so yeah, so so he tries to like have his way with her, and he's always taking her places and trying to get her to date him, and and pretending it's not a date and she's really suspicious but she can't really do much about it until eventually he like lunges at her during during a work time and she just like runs away Mm. um but nobody i think nothing comes of it does it because she doesn't really make a fuss about it either i don't know i think i think so um so so then we we know that he's a horrible bloke and then i've forgotten how i've forgotten what happens um, with them well I, I think that it's not long after that that Rita finds out and doesn't she she goes to the building society oh. and says I'm gonna oh no hang on Dawn tells Rita what's going on doesn't she oh yeah yeah and, and right. Alan's like oh you can't do anything about it because it's just my, my word, word against, against yours. yours yeah yeah that's right and um so she then goes to Alan's work Rita does and finds the papers and then goes back home and confronts Alan and oh that and yeah and he's, he this goes, was a really great episode there was some re- yeah the, he he attacks her doesn't he and tries to smother her with a pillow <laughs> there's a really see see I, I they were sort of fighting a little bit weren't they and mm. then the next minute you see the next time you see those two characters she's unconscious on the sofa and alan's on top of her with a a pillow over her face and I can't remember who comes in, but they interrupt is it, is this. It's Jenny or is it Martin, maybe. And he leaps away. But it reminded me of one of those old black and white, silent, like Nosferatu creature horror movies where, you know, the, the dark the dark forces kind of looming over the, the innocent mm. maiden who's swooned onto the bed and then gets disturbed <laughs> and kind of like flies away into the darkness. So yeah. that's basically what happens. And... 
and Jenny can't just can't believe that he meant to do anything wrong. Yeah, but he because was clearly he, trying to murder her. He goes on the run, doesn't he? And he tries to get Jenny to bring him his passport so he can escape. Yeah. But then there's a then they have a great little chase well, sequence. Well, she gets followed, don't doesn't she? She makes Martin go with her to the train station. Yeah, to and drop they get off followed his by the police officers who aren't stupid. And then he Alan gets accosted by the police. And he blames Jenny for it. And she's really upset. And that was like one of the other things that kind of, I think, tipped Jenny over into trying to gain Alan, Alan's approval is that she was blamed for drawing the police to him, but she had nothing to do with yeah. it. And she didn't want him to think that there was anything, you know, she's done anything wrong. But the shocking bit was when they go to court to testify against him and... Al, Al, um, Rita and Jenny are both sitting outside, aren't they, together? Mm. And and Re- Jenny really doesn't want anybody to say anything horrible about her dad. But they don't even get called to give evidence because he, he pleads, pleads guilty. guilty. And Jenny blames Rita. She's like, oh, you're glad you got what you wanted all along, blah, blah, blah. But the most shocking thing about the whole thing is that he gets away with like, oh, well, time served, I guess. You know, yeah, he, he just gets sentenced free. to two years, but some of that's already been time yeah. served. Half off for good behaviour. And, the, he hasn't and even then done he kind of good. comes out of the steps and it's like, he's on the loose. And he turns up and he's like, oh, yeah, Mike, I wanted to go into business with you. And Mike's like, I don't think anyone's going to be pleased about this. Mm. And then we, and then and he we hangs cut around. to see the Blackpool episode, don't we? What happens in that one? That, well, you know, where where he gets hit by a tram. No, it doesn't cut to that. First well, no, of all, he hangs around and he gets a job working at the factory, doesn't he? Like, knocking it down. Oh, yeah, no, he did for a bit, didn't he? Yeah, that's and right. And he's menacing and he keeps coming around and he goes around to see... He goes to the paper shop to try and find Rita and Mavis is there by herself and she's like, Oh, hi, hi, Alan. Oh, Derek, Derek, your breakfast will get cold. And he knows that Derek's not there. Yeah. And she's just pretending and he, he gets off on really intimidating her and freaking her out. Mm. And um, yeah, everybody wishes he would just go away, but there's nothing to stop him from hanging around there. Yeah. And then we saw the Blackpool episode. Yes. And then, and then, yeah, that's when Rita runs away and um, Ben I mean, follows her. Yeah, that, that was, that's, I guess, one of the most famous episodes of Coronation Street in the 80s, at least. I mean, if not of all time. And, and I'd, I think I must have seen it like two or three times before anyway. I think that must have been the first time that you saw that that important episode so how and it's what not did you even like that? it's funny because it's not even the first time they go to Blackpool in this set of five year episodes is it they, they seem no, to they go to a, Blackpool way there was more at least, there was at least two others I think <laughs> there was one where was it Bet Mavis and Rita go to Blackpool and they end up just sitting in a bar with some business men that they pull they, they started dating so so Mavis wasn't married to Derek and yeah. Rita wasn't going out with Alan and Bet wasn't married to, to Alec. So they're all just like free and single young things, hot young things, and like they, they're looking for men. <laughs> well, obviously, Bet's a lot more invested in it than anybody else, but it's Mavis that ends up snagging yeah, that's the right, boss that's of, right. the, of the sales rep. And then there's another Blackpool one midway through it where they go on a coach trip, and that's when um, Audrey has um, reignited. Her relationship with Malcolm, who is the father of Stephen Reed, Gail's brother or half brother, and so Malcolm and Audrey are there in Blackpool. He's trying to persuade her to come and back to Canada a, with yeah, him. Yeah, Canadian. And um, 
Alf who, um, drives up to Blackpool himself to try and stop them, doesn't he? And he's following them through and trying to catch them at or whatever. And he ends up getting into a Barney and the coach with them. That, both all of those episodes were quite funny. And that Jenny was in that one as well. And she had a loads of money hat or something. Didn't she? It's like yeah, gold <laughs> like, digger, proto gold digger. Yeah, um, yeah. I I kind I really liked I really liked watching Audrey this decade uh, decade as well because she is so flighty and like really not concerned with what anybody thinks apart from as long as they don't think badly of her or think that she's poor Mm. and it really puts it into perspective for example as we were recording this we're coming up to the 60th anniversary episode and ray's trying to knock down half of coronation street and the episode we've just seen is audrey waltzing into the platt's house to say yep i'm selling up to him i don't care get over it don't tell me about loyalty. You get to my age. Anyway, see you later, everybody. <laughs> tell, tell Gail I said hi, basically. And, like, that totally feels like a very authentic Audrey thing to do, having watched her over all of these years. She she does care about her family and stuff, but I don't think she'd ever be like, yeah, yeah, and family goes before anything and everyone, you know? Yeah. She's really out for herself, and I don't think that we should be so harsh to people who who are like that, as long as you don't hurt anybody. The, the Audrey thing in this week's episodes did feel a little bit out of character. Oh, really but, to me. To me, but it felt more in character to how she used to be, and I think yeah. she's been softened a lot since the 80s. But I've, I have really enjoyed watching Audrey, younger Audrey. Yeah, I really um, like the fact that she's not, she's not like super, super young, is she? But she's like no. middle-aged Audrey, but she's still flirty and fun yeah. and good-looking and desirable, and I like that about And currently, the the, it, where we're up to in the 1980s, uh, her and Alf have been kicked out of number 11 or not not kicked out they've they've sold number 11 to the mcdonald's haven't they but they haven't got anywhere to move into this and is she, such a nightmare she can't lower herself how. to live in the uh, flat above the shop no and she he's, he's handed her a broom and uh, she's trying to improve their station by moving into some swanky flats down and um, by the keys and um mm. it's all gone wrong yeah yeah um i think Any, anyway do we we said enough about what actually happens in the Blackpool episode. I mean, it is one of the most famous episodes. Well, I, I, like I said, I've seen it a lot of time before, but this was your first time. So did it live up to the hype for you, seeing Alan Bradley getting hit? Or was it like, because you'd read about it before, you knew what to expect and it didn't I don't know much. how I, what I thought. I thought Bet was a bit more of a drip than I was expecting her to be. Because she, she goes to find Rita, doesn't find her, takes a nap in the middle of the day, <laughs> yeah that's right Alan, go, Alan goes up to Alan the strand runs, in, and... runs into the, the strand and the guy on the desk is like carry on don't mind me whatever just walks up the walks up the steps first first door he comes to opens it and there's bet asleep and then well actually he no, finds he looked, the he looked he yeah. in the book um, doesn't he because the guy's and not there and she's like oh no don't he, this was her this is her room but she's not here like shut up bet what the hell are you talking about don't tell him that um, and then he goes downstairs, sits in his car, goes, oh, bloody hell, damn it. And then Rita's just like, they're going, la, 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 la. Walking down the front. La, 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 la. <laughs> Coming from the direction that there's nothing in. Because the way she was walking is like, there's nothing down that way. No, because the, br- the, the strand, strand is, is like right on the, the very, very end. end. You can't go much further than that. Um, and also, I find it quite funny that he got knocked over by a tram when they're like, every half hour, they come down there. <laughs> it's really unlucky. <laughs> but anyway, he... 
Yeah, so, it was and a great, then, really great performance from Rita at the end of the episode when she's all um, bewildered and doesn't know what's going on. They and... do do a bit where they like freeze frame on her, her oh, worried yeah, they face, did, which they? is like I can see why they don't normally show that part. There are a few the bits during these this um, half of a decade where they did funny things with the ending credits, like either freezing on that, or I remember when um, the episode where Brian was stabbed. They had oh, him just dying the there, bleeding out on the ground throughout the whole of the ending um, music. And then there was another episode, and I can't remember which one it was, um, where they had extra long credits music. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I just, you oh, know, on, got to finish off this black I'm, dog I'm, thing, haven't we? I'm, yeah, being distracted by other things that happened. Um, probably one of the most dramatic stories of the, of the 80s, isn't it? Because we had an attempted murder and, and, a, and a sort of accidental death. It was it definitely having watched, you know, the, the the bits of the first thirty years of Coronation Street. Now that certainly seemed to take it up a gear yeah. above anything else that has been on before. And and I'm I'm still thinking back to the Joe Donnelly murder. Oh, oh, sorry, the, the suicide. Su- suicide. That was uh, probably and kidnapping, one of which the best. was which was definitely up there. But that to me felt a bit more of a. It was over and done within a few weeks. Well, Whereas the, this was, Alan Bradley was a menace yeah, yeah, for, yeah. For throughout 1989, really, although he spent a lot of the time behind bars and he wasn't in the show. Really, I mean, the episode where he dies, is, is it, that's over and done with fairly quickly, isn't it? Alan, yeah. So, you know, if you, if you were to do this now, the story now, it probably wouldn't even be a blip, to be quite honest. I wonder, it, it felt... It felt the closest to the way that they do these things in modern Corrie yeah, than anything but, else there has been. Yeah, but the thing is, if a character who'd been in it for less than five years attacked another character that was in it for about 30 years and then and then died, it'd probably be, yeah, that was a bit exciting. But it might not even be the most exciting thing that happened in that year mm. in current Corrie. Whereas now... This, that sort of thing happens more frequently, yeah. doesn't it? I can imagine the, the Blackpool day, episode being, you know, the, the, the Britain's Got the Talent thing. Week yeah. of 1989, if that had been a thing back then. That was one of the most dramatic things that happened in good, a good five years on Coronation Street. Yeah. And I'm not trying to downplay it at all. It was great to watch and very dramatic. But what I'm saying is it's, it's created... Uh, you know the base of a pyramid or something it's mm. it's set set expectations for for Coronation Street and it's only been able to build on them it can't mm. do anything but up the ante from there and um, yeah it was good to kind of watch the inception of a Cory villain and see you know how far how how every villain since has had to build on yeah, on the Alan prototype Bradley, really. that Alan Bradley set. You know, yeah. and he did—he didn't kill anybody. He all he did was steal money and tried to kill Rita. And then every time a villain comes well, along, I think Dawn Prescott would have something to say about. All right, that. okay, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to. Yeah, don't no. try and make out. I'm trying to downplay that. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, that, that it was a really fab story, but also in 1989, I wanted to talk about as it's I suppose fresher in the memory the the Brian story and and really the fallout from that See, because the thing I, about... I I. I didn't ever really have much fondness for Brian. And I think we were supposed to like him more in the beginning, but over the course of the second half he of the 80s... He just turned into a boring, boring he, he was, drag. He was boring, but also he, he went off and he had his affairs. But then so did Gail, didn't she, as well? Because there, there was the story, again, we didn't see very much of it, where Brian's cousin Ian comes over from Australia. Gail has it off with him. Yet she's kind of... 
seen to be the innocent wronged party throughout this it's weird it's really weird it's like he's like well our marriage is over and then and and she cries and blinks a lot about everything Mm. and and ivy keeps saying oh get back together for the kids get back together for the kids and she's like no i shan't i shan't it's like i think they're all as stupid as each other but the platts sorry not the platts sorry the 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 tilsleys Mm -hmm. start married in the beginning of this half of the decade and then they split up over this affair that Gail's having that had with Ian and then um, and she gets falls pregnant and we don't know whether the baby is don't Brian's or not pregnant. I knew you were saying that sorry it just came to me and then they get back together again and then he he strays and it's I, I, I didn't find it particularly interesting well I it say, didn't make but... me invested in the couple anymore because I was thinking well fine you should just split up then yeah I did and and I think when we saw the episode where he was stabbed I didn't even realise that's what the episode was going to be so it was like, oh, it's another Brian and Gail episode. But then when he was like, I'm going off to a nightclub, I was like, oh, no. oh, we know what happens here. And actually, I thought that the, the stabbing of him was, was very well done. It was done. really dramatic. It was, yeah, really dramatic. And, and uh, it was funny also that they didn't, he, he didn't die a hero or... No. He didn't die the wronged one or we weren't... We, I mean, wasn't he was like standing he was, up for a girl outside no, I know, the but club. he was going to date her. Yeah. He was standing up for a girl who was going to go off and shag and he's still married to Gail. And he was like, well, I don't see why I should move out. You you leave and I'll keep the kids, you know. And, and neither of them came off particularly well in this argument, I don't think. No. Um, but As... normally what Corey would do is have him say, I'm going to win my kids back and I'm going to make Gail love me again. What's this? A man with a knife menacing a lady? I must save her at once, you know. Mm. It was like, screw you, Gail, I'm going off to shag someone. Uh oh! <laughs> now I'm dead. <laughs> um, and it was a bit of a, a bit of a sad end, really, for a character that was very wholesome. He was really boringly wholesome for for a lot of the time he was in the show. Yeah. But then when the marriage broke down, they both, like he I just said, they both bit, just went bit grim. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, out of all of this, to me, Ivy has come out as the most compelling character out of the whole lot. And, I and when love I watched her, see, see, I. I'm into. We are now reached an era where um, I started watching it again on um, the ITV three repeats um, a few years ago. I started. I watched it from the Alan Bradley tram episode. So everything that we watch in the first half of the 1990s DVD for the next few months, I will have recently seen, and and I surprised myself watching it on ITV three with just how fascinating and deep and. Um, a compelling a character Ivy was and we're seeing the genesis of this now aren't we and and her reaction to Brian's death was just incredible Lynn Perry she she was amazing in the, the performance that she gave and and people and I really think that Ivy gets a bad rap yet she to me it's like I I I can completely see where you're coming from, and I she sticks was, to her principles, yeah. and she's unwavering in her in her beliefs. And um, she's not. It's not like it should be of any surprise to anybody what Ivy would think or say about anything. She wears a heartless sleeve. She's very upfront about it. She doesn't. She's not backwards and coming forward. She tells you, you know what she's like. I found the argument between I, Ivy and Gail about the funeral arrangements really fascinating. Coronation Street handled it really interestingly. Yeah. It's a generally Protestant country, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> it's very. Yes. Um, Ivy being a Catholic is a bit of a, you know, she's she's a sort of a bit of an oddity almost. 
mm. to a lot of people. Um, but I felt a lot more sympathy for her than I did for Gail mm. in the whole thing. I don't know wh- who I was supposed to sympathise with, but I just kept thinking, well, if you don't care, Gail, let him have a Catholic funeral. I don't understand what the deal is if you're not bothered. <laughs> I just couldn't see why she was so adamant that he wouldn't get the mm. burial that, that Ivy wanted. I, I mean, felt he, you bad. know, he was, born, he was born into a Catholic family and just because he didn't go to church... I just think if you, I think if you're like agnostic or on the fence about it, and somebody else's family is clearly, I just don't get why it was all down to her. Yeah. Why? Why does Gail think it was only her decision to make? I guess when you when you marry that then. I just don't see it that way at all. Have you? I I felt bad for Ivy but when she went to see the priest about, com- to confess yeah. for hating Gail. But if you think about it traditionally, priest. when you marry, like w- traditionally speaking, and Coronation Street has has been steeped in traditions, for good or worse, of the way people live their lives, and I don't ever agree. I have not agreed with this tradition myself. The woman is seen to marry into the husband's family and become property of that family. That's why you take on the surname. And that's why, you know, you get the clashes with the mother-in-law because everybody's trying to argue about what, you know, clash against each other. And the mother-in-law believes that, you know, you should do whatever. But given all of that, why did Gail think that there would be no... Mm. There'd be no discussion about how to lay him to rest? Yeah. Yeah, I, Ivy... I I agree with what you said about Ivy going to the priest. It reminded me a bit of what Rana Rana did with going to the Imram, the Im- talking yeah. about the Imam, yeah, yeah. how she felt and confessing. I really, I think it's really interesting. Yeah, and and Ivy, I guess before we started doing this rewatch, was a character that was a bit of a mystery to you, wasn't she? Or yeah, a, 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 a name I literally that you had heard, never seen, and her you'd obviously in kn- you knew the Poison Ivy nickname. <laughs> so she has a reputation that comes before her. But, but I, I think, think to she's, watch it, yeah, she's in the right most of the she's, time. She is. I, she's a fantastic character, and she's even spe- even spent- when we did our Patreon episode recently of like top ca- top characters ever, Ivy didn't even make it into my no. honourable mentions. But thinking back, it's like. And maybe she, maybe she should, and I almost feel like I want to defend her because everybody seems to hate Ivy, and I know that she's one of Sally Amati's favourite characters, if not her favourite character ever, because we've spoken to her about that, and um, yeah, I, I just think why. that because Ivy is a, so much of a harridan, I can see why people hate that, but for somebody who you know, sticks to her morals and she do, and I and, and I don't think that she does things to be nasty it's because she believes that that's the right thing to do well, I I really really sympathize her and you'll see as we go through the first half of the 90s which as I said I've just recently watched that stays the same but she she wears Don down and Don's been a new character in the second half of the 80s hasn't he and he's he's not particularly made much of an impression so far but he's another character that ends up getting a really bad rap um because of how he ends up going out but i would say in the in the early days he's he's a pretty decent chap isn't he i mean i don't think i've seen get ivy do anything that i think she's wrong she she tried she she tried to get brian and gail's relationship back together again yeah. she said it's best for the children and and we know that's not a good reason now but back in the 80s it was a reason to stay married and Mm. it's a trap that many people fell into with the best of intentions but blaming people in hindsight is not you know yeah doesn't yeah doesn't help but um 
her her sort of trying to trying to ask the priest to help her love Gail. And and the thing is about it, when she went to go see the priest and the priest said, you should probably be nicer to Gail, she literally went round there and said, sorry, Gail, I, you know, I, I want to love you as well. Mm. And she's trying her best, but Gail seems to be just such a heartless bitch. Yeah, I know, totally she is. Do you, do you have any impressions of Don yet? Because again, no. I'm thinking more about him in the 1990s no. and I don't think we've seen a whole lot of him so far. But um, I was I was quite surprised how early he came into the show. I wasn't expecting him when he when he rocked up on uh, Ivy's doorstep, you know, or having dropped her off in a cab the night before or something. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what you think of him and whether you agree with me that he gets a, you know, he's um, maligned, missed, m- maligned uh, 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 you know, with yeah, the what, we'll whatever the opposite of the rose tinted spectacles are, okay, brown tinted spectacles. Um, talking about weddings and, and couples that got together and everything like um ivy and don the, the second half of the 1980s obviously saw um a couple of other power couples come together i also just want to say oh, i forgot on. what happened because i know ivy was trying to date people and i forgot what happened she was going out with somebody that she couldn't marry because george he, george yeah he was um he was divorced well she wanted to get married out. in the church and then she yeah and is she married to Don now, she, did we get... Yes, I'm going to say I'm yes, she's married to Don. very difficult to keep track of some of the things that have happened. Yeah, I know, I know, but, I know. Yeah, so that, yeah. Yeah, so okay. uh, other other power couples that are coming together, I would say. Um, uh, Bet and Alec, that's been another arc over the second half of that the 80s, hasn't it? came out of nowhere. It? Yeah, I mean, me. the beginning of the 1980s, sorry, the beginning of the second half of the 1980s, um, we've just had Annie Walker leave, Bet's come in as the the new landlady, um, and we obviously the, the the big the two big turning points for her character I would say in this half of the decade were the fire, and also when she did a bunk to Tora Molinos and Alec had to go and track her down to find her, and I found both of those episodes as as some of my favourites on there. I mean the fire was possibly the standout episode of this particular set that we watched for for spectacle um again like like the blackpool episode very very famous one how did you find that um it was you know <laughs> it felt like it felt like um julie Goodyear was going for an emmy or something <laughs> that scream that she gives at the top of the stairs and then and, she throws then, up oh yeah she does a little bit of sick doesn't she um it it was <sighs> That was one of the few episodes. I tell you what, the difference between, like, it felt like she wanted to do a really good performance and she wanted people to take her seriously as an actress compared to sometimes in modern TV shows, I'm not even going to say in Corrie, but in general, a woman will sort of run run through a burning building, come out the other side, and somehow the soot only accented, accentuated her <laughs> cheekbones <laughs> and maybe dabbed on the end of her nose a little bit. And that's about it, and perhaps burned off a strategic part of her nightgown. This felt very kind of raw and real. Yeah, didn't it? it really did. But she even has the line when she's wheeled into the um, ambulance, like, "Oh, hang on a minute, love, let me get my face on first or something to the to the paramedic, doesn't she? Um, well, you're not really proving my point there, to be honest. Okay, fine. But you know what I mean. But- 
it felt it felt a bit a bit less concerned with let's make everything pretty and nice and a bit more like how would you really be if you were in a fire you probably would be sick yeah i I liked all the residents coming together because that's the one that starts off early in the morning and kevin and sally have just come back from a concert or something haven't they and and they're up against the community center walls um having a bit of a having a bit of a snogging session or something and then sally really sees the fire and that the look in her eyes is like oh kevin there's a fire he, he goes up there rescues bet terry duckworth runs up and down the street in his pajama bottoms only yeah for their ladies um i i thought that was a, a fab episode and i also really enjoyed seeing jack's um Re- reaction to it because he realizes that because he's the one that, that fitted a faulty fuse or something he's yeah, a fuse that's too big in yeah he he thinks that he's the one that caused this and and you can see the um the the trauma that he's going through and the worry and not just that am i going to get in trouble for this but literally the guilt that he could have killed her killed her yeah um and, but then there's a nice little quiet scene towards the end of the episode where he walks out of the house and um, there's some kids playing football on the street and he kind of plays a little he kicks the ball around with them or he dribbles up the wall and then he goes to to have a look at the old and it was just a nice quiet scene to end the episode off I, I, I thought that on the whole that was, a, that was a great episode and then 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 Alec comes in doesn't he to to help bet out and you, you said that you found that came out of nowhere that was a bit of an odd coupling I still don't really know who he is I mean, I know who he is, obviously, but you know how some people just kind of like they're there all the time and you don't really get them. Yeah, I again, I, I'm I'm just I'm mixing up in my head what I've seen in the eighties and what I mean, I've I know seen he's in the 90s, hugely but... significant, and I obviously understand like what I understand that they're married. I'm not stupid, but it's like, how did this happen? I know I watched it happen, but how did this happen? It's so weird. It, it definitely was more of a a business relationship, wasn't it? And it's like. I don't even really buy that he would want to marry any woman, to be honest. I, I think that there was definitely um, not the, the any kind of romance in there. He He's there as um, her business partner at first because um, I think she's she's struggling to, to look after the Rovers herself and... And then she does a bunk because of financial worries, although in real life it was because Julie Goodyear's mum was was really ill and so she had to leave the programme for a bit. And then we get to see her again in Tara Molinos, which is again one of my favourite episodes on the disc. I it just, wasn't I, on the disc, it was on a YouTube episode. Oh yeah, it was, wasn't it? It was one we watched on YouTube, you're right. Um, and, and, and it was set, I think it was filmed there, wasn't it? It was, and, and that was... I think it was that maybe just the second time that Coronation Street had filmed abroad after the Mallorca episodes. Maybe I loved it. I thought the views were were lovely, and that, that there was just some really really nice character moments because it was just those two characters. It wasn't a whole bunch of them, and like I suppose yeah, let's, you know, let's, what, cut, let's to cut to Hilda. Do, what, what's Hilda like, doing? What's Mavis doing? Ordering food what, and getting it no, wrong. It or? was it was just Alec and Bet. I know there were things going on in the street at the same time, um, and and it just ended in a very kind of loveless business proposal of of Alex saying that why don't you come back to me as my wife and but I don't get why he wanted to marry her it feels like what was in it for him that's what I don't get I don't um, get what was in it for either of them why couldn't I think they have it just, was I think it was because she owned couldn't they have just gone let's just be business partners I think it was um you know having a more tangible grip on on the rover's return really it just seems weird. 
It was, but um, and I think it was supposed to feel weird. And I think when people when they came back to the street and and people heard that they were engaged, people thought it was a bit odd. Um, and and even um, when they get married, which was really quite soon after that, wasn't it? It was only like a month yeah. or two engagement. Um, Bet Alec finds out just before the wedding about Bet's night uh, with uh, Jack Duckworth, and like when he gets when she gets to uh, him at the front of the altar, he's like, "How well do you know Jack was Duckworth?" So it's clearly built on incredibly shaky foundations, yeah. which is ironic considering the fact that they become one of the streets most famous couples maybe not the most beloved couples in the same way as you know you think of jack and vera stan and hilda and so on but a, a proper power couple behind the bar but at the rover's return they felt they always feel to me to be a bit more like like brother and sister who hate each other <laughs> who are like bound by blood no matter what happens they're st- they're bound together mm. by this intangible union but it makes you know but but they both decided that they wanted this it's like when you're born you don't get to pick your siblings <laughs> it just seemed really weird and they were very antagonistic to one another in a, in a way that coronation street couples are quite frequently but there's just a weird layer of it for them to and like yeah. in 1988 it begins with bet finding out she's pregnant and i was shocked not because she was too old, but because I was like, why are you two sleeping with each other? <laughs> you don't seem to like each other. What is it like? Hate sex? That's just perverted. <laughs> this baby is born of hate. That I don't think, I mean, it's not as strong as that. But No, I know what you, yeah, it's like, and, you know, mild irritation. I think it, you, you, I get the impression that they grow to have some kind of affection well, for each other, even if it's not, you know, giddy teenage love or anything like that. that we've decided as a society that you should marry for romantic love and unless you have yeah, that rather to begin than the, with. Uh, the, the tract of land you'll get by marrying well, into this family. Well, it's not just that. It's like you, you definitely, there's definitely different types of love in a, in a relationship, uh, you know, between partners at different stages in the relationship. And mm. it feels as though at, at a certain point, Bet and Alec have definitely progressed into the, we are, we are, you know, we love one another because we're accustomed to mm. each other. And the, the love that, that grows in that way, but it normally comes from romantic <laughs> attraction. I I quite enjoyed with. the, uh, I think talking about their antagonistic um, relationship, that's that side to it. I enjoyed the, the little, um, vignette we had of Bet coming back from her health spa it was like in 88 <laughs> or 89 I can't remember when she she and Stella Rigby the, the other landlady the other pub are supposed to have gone to this health spa but it, it turns out that they, they, like they duck out of it after a few days because they couldn't drink well, or they couldn't drink or, or smoke or they couldn't eat um, anything and so they just spend a load of time in a hotel and Alec finds out about this and he starts um, well he doesn't like, let on he knows no he doesn't let on that he knows he's kind of bigging up oh, but how, I don't know how you did it maybe we should go to a hotel uh, he to keeps go mentioning to the, it the over and, and over again and bringing it up and asking her questions yeah and kind of guilts her into it which is no well he she then finds out that he knows and so oh, yeah, she calls his right. bluff that's right. and fo- he says, oh, if you're so if you're so interested, Alec, why don't we just book you? Well, I've booked you in, actually. I've booked you, booked you in so you can go. And he, he's, he has to drop yeah. the act. They, they remind me a bit of the twits yeah. from, from Roald Dahl, just trying I mean, to get... I they are kind of a bit like um, the Jack and Vera as well. Yeah. 
Jack and Vera never seem to like each other. No, although years. although you, you told me the other day that you've started to see a little bit more affection between Jack and Vera now. Yeah. And I think what, what triggered that was maybe midway through 89 where, um, I can't remember... What was it? Because Vera kind of really kind of opens up and 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 says, "Oh, you! I thought you never." Oh, what does she do? What does she do? Oh, it's after he's he's going after Tina, the barmaid, isn't he? Tina was Fowler. Still icky, though, because he she only sucked up to him because she thought he was going to go off with somebody else, and she was upset about it, and she kept saying, "Oh, you don't go off without." You know, don't go, don't leave me. And it didn't feel like yeah, she was... She she gets really upset and she starts crying over the fact that Jack never tells her that he loves her. Yeah. And, 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 then, he, and then he, again, very rarely, for a very rare, rare thing for him, kind of admits that he does. And then she says... Um, that you ever do that for me again? If you do, you're dead. And I, he and then kind of hugs him, and the, the look in his eyes, like uh, with the threat of of, uh, of Vera killing him, I thought that was hilarious. And I, and I think that from that point onwards, and we haven't seen a lot of that point onwards, there's there's a softening in the antagonism between Jack and Vera, and and also we know how they end up being a lot more loving. Um, uh, yeah, no, I, I can't think of what the word is. Um, almost a sentimentalised sort of couple um, that then they started off with well it kind of like watching Coronation Street sometimes reminds me of like like the crown it becomes apparent the more you watch it that the people that wrote the, and, and make the show don't like the royal family <laughs> and it, it feels to me as though Coronation Street has been written by a bunch of people who don't believe in love <laughs> and hate married couples. I think it's just um, they like the drama that can be drawn out of relationships. I understand. And but you know what I'm saying? If everyone's happy all the time. Of then course. Yada, yada, yada. I, I've always said that conflict is the keystone of, of any story in yeah. Coronation Street and if you don't have that conflict you don't have anything but you can still write stories about married couples that don't involve them being in conflict with one another yeah yeah totally, totally. And, and and some of Coronation Street's like most beloved relationships are really built on on couples that if you were their friends you would think you guys should get divorced. <laughs> Speaking of um, relationships that were doomed from the start, another one that we saw grow and die pretty quickly in this was Mike and Susan, <laughs> oh. which was, I think, Coronation Street's earliest example of a plot-driven marriage. Yeah. And and that was it, wasn't it? Because yeah. Susan comes back, played by uh, Wendy Jane Walker, is it, who was one of the earlier incarnations of Susan. Susan. Um, and and she ends up getting close to Mike, which was obviously a little bit awkward for Ken, considering he, Ken uh, Mike had been his love rival for, for, Deirdre. for Deirdre just a few years previously. And I I kind of found that interesting, although uh, just just for the ooh because she doesn't know about what's happened between them, and and nobody seems to want to bloody tell the poor girl either. No, for a long time. And then she, she, everyone's, and, and they they kind of break up, don't they, Mike and Susan? And Ken's like, you know, you can't come crawling back to me because if your marriage breaks up and I helped you, then everyone's going to blame me. And I yeah, think he's that's right. right. That's right. 
but um, he's very cold towards her. He's kind of like, well, I warned you that he's a wrongin, so what do you want me to do about it? Yeah, and uh, and Mike ends up having getting into arguments with Susan because she wants to work and she, he just wants her to yeah, be the mother grim. of his child, which she ends up aborting, supposedly, but we know what happens there. Adam Barlow retcon 20 years later. The whole thing is just a really weird relationship. Yeah. Because, like... I You're supposed see... to talk about these things before you get married. Like, what will, you know, what do we want out of this relationship? Do we want children? Who's going to look after them? Do I want a career? You well, know. I think that's the thing. I think Susan was saying we did talk about this and I made it clear that I wanted a, Oh, I guess. And, and he's being chauvinistically like, well, I thought you'd change your mind because birds yeah. love babies. Yeah. So I found that, I found that kind of interesting, but the, the character of Susan herself isn't didn't really feel like she existed no she wasn't that exciting of a character to me so i wasn't too surprised when they when they got rid of her and i also didn't really buy why any sensible woman would fall into bed with mike it seemed to come across quite it seemed to happen quite quickly like they they, their eyes met at a factory party or something it felt when Deirdre fell for Mike, and again, it might just be that we saw more episodes to it, yeah, it, it felt more believable that well, he was he, able to slowly well, get like under her skin. Didn't and, he? he was like deliberately trying to get to get her. Yeah. And he was like, oh, tell me about your day at work. Like, he, you know, he doesn't care about her day at work. He was getting her pants. <laughs> and it kind of, the charm wore off when it was with Susan because yeah. he couldn't keep up the act. But I, I can see how exciting and and, and uh, an obvious a storyline idea it must have been to the writers back in the 80s well how can we how can we bring back this story that was so huge a few years ago how, what what's the next logical step for it what can cause the next matter drama i know will make ken's daughter fall for mike I next mean, it, was it writes pretty itself good. doesn't yeah. it it was pretty juicy and uh, and we had that great punch when mike goes into the fact she's like i've had enough of your poison baldwin <laughs> <laughs> that that was great but i was I didn't need that story to to last any longer than it did. And I can't believe that we end. That we end. If I, I'm getting a bit confused at the moment because I wander in and out of the front room when you're watching the ITV, the ITV episode. old episodes, and I get confused about what's going on in what time period. But Ken's just had an affair. At the end of the 80s with Wendy Crozier, right? Yes, Wendy Flaming Crozier. And he's use a full like, name, please. And, and Deirdre finds out immediately almost, and he like, cry, he's crying to himself. And I'm thinking, oh, all the bloody big speeches you gave all um, Deirdre when you found out she was cheating with Mike. Yeah. And you've just gone off and shagged Wendy Crozier. Why? Well, that's that was what I found interesting on the DVDs and and, and the YouTube cry, recommendations. We haven't really seen much of that relationship, have we? Because no. still, between watching the episodes, we read up on Corypedia just from the the year summaries about what are the main things that happen between yeah. episodes. And we're reading such and such about Ken and Wendy. They get together. They're having these secret affairs, but we didn't see any of it, did no. we? And all, all we've seen is like one episode, I think, with Wendy, and it was the Christmas Day or Christmas Eve. I can't remember episode from 1989 where he's yeah loved up with her on the on the floor in front of the roaring fire and then he goes back to Deirdre with himself like oh yeah I'm just gonna give back and oh thank you for buying me this gift Wendy but I can't accept it because we're having an affair what will my wife say and I love it when Deirdre is like I want to know where you've been who you've been with yeah She's right to be mad. Of all, he's such a he was such a patronizing. Yeah, how dick. sanctimonious he was after yeah. she had her affair with Mike, and now he's just fallen into the same trap. And he's like, oh well, 
Mm. And and this that whole thing spirals in the early nineties as well. We'll we'll see over the next few years, and um, it, it's it's not over yet. It's just a basically, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, totally. And and we see the effect that it has on Tracy as well, which I found quite interesting because Dawn Acton has now arrived on the show, hasn't she? She's been there for a few years. Who's the 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 main Tracy? before Kate Ford took over. Yeah. Um, so so I think that she ended up being a great little actress. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing what you think of her in the yeah, early Yeah, she seems as quite well. likeable. Um, we had a whole, whole family come and go, haven't we? The Claytons. We, we've had a fair few, I would say, in this half of the 80s. Characters kind of come and go and not make much of an impression. The Claytons, we saw for a couple of episodes. Obviously, they were in it for more than a couple of episodes, but nothing that seemed that, that um, deemed, was deemed worthy to put on the disc. they had a big feud with the Duckworths. Yeah, because, because Terry... Ends Got. up getting Andrea Clayton pregnant, doesn't? Yeah, she? And, the, and the Claytons to me are the most the most notable because the actress who plays yeah Jane Hazelgrove is in it, isn't she? As she plays somebody else. Yeah, she, she plays, plays the daughter. The, yeah, Sue of the Clayton. Clayton family. Yeah, so that was quite funny seeing her in like one <laughs> episode. She but she's left that that whole family has left no impression. Even the Mortons left more of an impression on us than the Claytons did. I but I we suppose we saw the we Mortons, saw the Mortons yeah. when they were on. But then we've also had a couple of barmaids. Like we've got Tina Fowler at the moment, who is nothing to me. And then before that, we had Gloria for a few years. And again, she, we saw quite a lot of her, but she just was was zero personality bland. it felt was it yeah bland. when 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 if you there are so many big rovers barmaids over the years and we just come out of the truly great rovers team of annie fred bet betty mm-hmm. and then to go into having anyone in the rovers that's as such a non-entity as gloria followed by tina fowler it's just a really sad follow-up to it really it was not it's not great no, I, I I found very little to like with her there. I mean, um, I don't dislike her. I mean, a lot of I this stuff... I just have no opinion on her. Yeah, a lot of this stuff I'm just happy to chalk up to or you haven't seen enough episodes with them in or... Uh, but, there's, but there's a lot of characters that you don't need to see more than a, a couple of episodes to go, that's a great character. I understand. And, and I think we saw enough of Gloria to say... Who's that? Yeah, really. She <laughs> she does not go down in the current history books, does she? It's funny also, towards the end of this series of episodes, that the McDonald's have snuck in mm. completely under the radar. Yeah, we didn't even get to see their first episode, no. did we? We saw a little bit of um, Andy and Steve in the shop in in one of the yeah. last episodes we watched, but that's and it. Then, but that changes big time in the 90s because <laughs> they come in with a huge splash. What's his face having to go at Alf because he left his crap in the yard? Oh, yeah, Jim, Jim, Jim yeah. Having a, I, 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 love, I love early McDonald's. I, I think the McDonald's are fab. I'm looking forward to seeing them again in the early 90s. Um, what else have we had storyline-wise? Um, Mavis and Derek back together again. And what a, what a long protracted engagement that those have had on and off over the years because when we last spoke about the first half of the 1980s we just had the double jilting the famous double jilting (laughs) hadn't we and then Derek disappears off again for a bit before reappearing mid 80s um, married to the the formidable Angela Hawthorne who we still haven't met yet and she's a great character because we we hear just how awful she is and she treats Derek like a little pet and she's only interested in golf and uh, 
and and oh, these women they've got one track mind. And there was a great episode where Derek comes back to Mavis, and she thinks that. Um, I don't think she, she, she not know that he's going out with Angela and she thinks that he's come back to her and she ends up going out to dinner with him and it's while they're at dinner he reveals that he's going out with Angela. Do you remember that? Gemma's shaking her head for the benefit of the day. Sorry. Um, and Derek just, he just comes across as a massive idiot, doesn't he? Oh, he is such a flake. It, uh, but, but they both are and I, I really like them together and yeah. um, it was, that was a great storyline that really <clears throat> was kind of like a metaphor for them as a whole which was them preparing for a dinner party with AJ or somebody or DJ or something oh no Some, he had uh, somebody important biz, business he had, he, yeah he, he, had a, he had a he had two initials for his, for his name which sounded rude I don't remember what it. Oh, DP, DP, wasn't it? It's You're boss. revealing a bit too much about yourself. Um, he, oh. so he, so he's coming round for dinner, and they're getting all excited, and then it kind of like gets foisted off onto somebody else who's lower down in the company, and Mavis is fretting about preparing food and doing all these French recipes and changing her mind and spending ten pounds on on a glass, £10 each on glasses, and then she forces Emily to come, and Emily ends up chatting to this guy and, and dating him, much to the annoyance of Percy. Mm-hmm. He's worried he's going to get replaced in the house by a new man. Um, but, yeah, that was a really good kind of, like, snapshot of what the mm. Wiltons are like. I love their together. wedding as well, because there's the whole worry about whether he's actually going to turn Is up again. Turn and up? It was just, it was a nice, sweet wedding without massive drama or anything. And, and there was also the comedy of the fact that Derek, on his stag do the night before, had drunkenly agreed to, 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 to buy the Duckworth microwave or something, was it? And... Um, and and Vera is trying to get Jack to get it back off of him during the episode. I thought that was quite funny. Um, and, and that was the episode, I'm just seeing in the notes here, that um, when they drive off together for the honeymoon, that the music goes on and on and on and on. It's like an extra long version oh, of it. Yeah, and, and, it, and Rita's Rita. there crying her eyes out yeah. because she's just um, found out that Alan's left her. Yeah, she's she's um she makes it all about herself and keeps looking acting sad, doesn't she? And Mavis is like, oh, Rita's like, no, it's my wedding, shut up. <laughs> Um, yeah, so Wilton's fantastic character, uh, pair of characters, and I, I can't think of any other characters in Coronation Street history that have been so you know, destined and, and and made for each other that have had such a, a long period of. It's a long road to get to yeah. the, them ending up together, but they're yeah, perfect. And, together, really. they, they 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 such are a brilliant couple, and they get ten good years together, and just. Just last week, actually, on the ITV3 episodes, we've seen Derek die in his, in his road rage incident. It's really, really sad. And, and maybe yeah. his reaction to it. That, that, like like um, Roy and Haley, really, there was only one way out if one of the actors is going to well, be, be fired, fired, in Peter Baldwin's case. Um, and it had to well, be through death. Well, not be fired. You keep saying or, be okay, fired. OK, to have his, his, have his uh, contract not extended. Um what else did we have in this? Oh, I, I think we haven't even mentioned Hilda yet, have we? And oh. and for her, and, and what I was saying earlier about um, this being, this kind of era marking 
the beginning of the middle section of Coronation Street's life. I think that Hilda was the last bastion of Definitely vintage Corrie yeah. because the early 80s saw a, a bit of an exodus, didn't it, with characters like Elsie, Ina, Annie I know, they all feel disappearing such, one after one. They feel Stan. like it, it feels like a different show. And then Hilda mm. was like the last... I mean, Bette was in it for a long time, so is Betty. But they bridged the gap really uh, fit, like effortlessly, I think, mm. whereas... Hilda didn't. No, Hilda had her dream ending, didn't she? And a really nice exit. One yeah. Of, probably one of the best... Most exits satisfying exit Of all time. I, I adored that Christmas Day 1987 episode. It was it the most watched Coronation Street episode, 26.7 million or whatever it was. Um, and that... And I felt that, I suppose in a similar way to Elsie, although not to such a great extent, Hilda had petered out a little bit in 85, 86, 87, without Stan, without Eddie. Um, But her actual exit episode was so kind of feel-good and satisfying, it almost made up for it. And having... um, there was the scene with Sally in the in the lounge in number 13 and they're watching Kevin asleep and, and Hilda's re- reminiscing and saying, oh, he reminds me of Stan there. Oh, well, Stan and used then, to sleep in that chair. And then she does the line about, uh, who was it that talks to her about the ducks or the muriel or something? And she says, oh, I came home some one uh, day yeah. from work and, and the sight of those muriels, uh, those ducks stopped me from turning on the gas or whatever. Get my hand from the gas tap many yeah, times. Yeah, that's right. And then um, just like kind of bleak humour. And then the 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 fact that all the residents are kind of all the locals gather round and and rally round to give this lovely leaving party on Christmas Day proved just how loved she was by by the people there, and it was really 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 lovely exit. But yeah, I I did feel as I was watching eighty five and eighty six, I was like thinking, oh, I need to. I need to savour every last morsel of Hilda that we get because her exit is imminent. But we we didn't get many morsels of Hilda. No. And it was like without Stan, the character the character did well. flounder. Yeah. Um and it and it it felt like, yeah, she belonged to a different era, sadly, and she would do a bit of cleaning for Mike and she would be in some of the rover scenes, but it it, it she felt a bit directionless. It it was really sad and, and I still stand by the fact that she is up right up there in my top characters of, of Coronation Street ever. I absolutely love her, but her her best period on the show was when she had Irma and Stan and Eddie to bounce off of. Yeah. I mean she she had her moments in this that there was there were a couple of Hilda episodes which harked back to the the early days of the Ogden episodes, like when that one where she gets her hair dyed bright orange accidentally by Audrey who leaves her leaves the die in too long or something doesn't she yeah because Hilda's get because Hilda's arc in this period is um she's getting in with the Lowthers with Dr and Mrs Lowther mm-hmm. and um wasn't it with their wedding anniversary or something she was dolling herself up to go to and, and yeah to this party and, and she can't go in the end because Audrey makes a hash job of her hair and um, I mean the 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 Lowthers have a break in don't they yeah the, this is what this precipitates Hilda's um exit wasn't it and and the the house gets burgled while Hilda and Mrs Lowther are in there. Yeah. And I think. Th- yeah, and 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 Joan Joan Lowther, Mrs Lowther, ends up um, she ends up dying, doesn't she? Yeah. And then and then the doctor moves. They're going to move anyway, but he moves to a cottage and invites Hilda to come with him to yeah. be his servant. Yeah. <laughs> so sweet. 
But we also got to see have a, a little mini return for Eddie during that as well, which yeah, was kind of nice, but it, it didn't feel... It didn't feel like natural it felt like here's a cameo yeah, from it did a bit, yeah. uh, from from jeff hughes uh, and 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 he said he said as much in interviews that he he only agreed to come back because it'd be the last opportunity that he knew he would have to work with gene alexander it, in well especially in those roles obviously it and he just pops in and sees her in her hospital bed after she's been attacked and then she, he has a couple of scenes in the rovers lot with curly and that lot and then he swans off again it it didn't feel like a, a triumphant return in any way to me it was no, it, it was, was a, a it nice was nice right. little cameo um one thing i think is interesting is the D- duckworths taking curly under their wing yeah um so he's new isn't he well it, Cur- curly came in in 83 that's right he was a binman wasn't he and then now he's he's uh bettering himself by going to work at the supermarket becoming a trainee manager yeah because Cur- terry's kind of off the scene yeah at this point isn't but he it did having remind, knocked it felt, up andrew clayton felt to me like cory was trying to harken back to Hilda Stan and and um mm, what's his face Eddie, Eddie yeah. with this these three and you know them trying to dote on him and and it's like this this kind of weird like parent child relationship even though it's lodgers and lodgy or whatever yeah Corey's got quite a tradition of that hasn't it partly because they yeah. want to just cram as many characters into, into this one small place. number of houses yeah. as possible so these also, familial relationships way, built yeah, up build it's up a good way to build relationships um, but that bit where she Vera Vera makes uh, Curly a cooked breakfast for his first day on the job, and um, <laughs> and uh, Jack's like, oh, you know, enjoy it, enjoy it, lad. Uh, eat eat it up, and he realizes that they only can afford to mm. for for one cooked breakfast, and he feels guilty and tries to to give it back, and and um, he won't have any of it, will he? And no. and they're they're both. Um, Jack's sort of trying to make it feel guilty <laughs> a little bit and hamming it up is quite fun I can't say that in the seven years of Curly that we've seen so far he's really really stood out to me Not he's just really. been kind of there but I, I know that the 90s to me is his proper heyday yeah. because of his relationships with two other characters namely Reg and Raquel and we've seen a snippet Reg. of Reg haven't we've we he's appeared see... in two episodes I think that we've seen we've so far we've got to see far. Reg's first and episode like, oh, and, I he, love him. and it was like the intro- the introduction of, of Reg and Curly's first day at work was such a really great episode and you, the, the, he, he is red straight away, hasn't he? It's he, like he, a really perfect demonstration of so many things. Like the script does such a good job of like introducing Reg as a character, you know, showing, just what he's like, showing Curly's relationship to him as a really subservient, eager to please mm. kind of a person. This kind of the ridiculous lengths to which they go to describe their job which is essentially just selling toilet roll and <laughs> and packets of apples to people you know like talking about the psychology of laying stuff out and how to stack things properly and like the way that curly's like studied all these things about what the best way to manage a supermarket like this puffed up over puffed up is yeah, right sense for... of self-importance about yeah. something fairly you know in unimportant but 
taking pride in their I mean there's nothing wrong with taking pride in your work and, and menial tasks are obviously important and I've said that all along on this on the show about you know doing stuff like that I used to be a cleaner so it's not like I'm being a snob about it but like I never went around acting as though I was I was going to be next up for the Nobel Peace Prize because I picked up a bit of tissue off the floor yeah like the idea that they were doing stuff that was like an interception of art and psychology Mm. the what by by making sure that you stack toilet rolls so you could see the labels Mm. I mean wow (laughs) well I I make no secret of the fact that I massively massively love the character of reg holdsworth so i'm looking forward to seeing when we Such revisit the early 90s conquer. again to see whether you get whether he gets right up your nose like he does with many other viewers <laughs> or whether you think no he is actually hilarious i, I really hope that you like well, him but I, I think that you might not we've um, we've also seen in the same episode was also kimberly taylor's first episode who's the, um, the, the drippy shelf stacker that Curly ends up having a relationship with. And I quite liked her, but for me, Kimberly Taylor is all about her parents, who are just these very ancillary characters, but so, so hilarious. And if they're not on the DVDs, then I am certainly going to be trying to hunt down some of the char- some of the episodes that have got Curly visiting Kimberly's parents' house because they are both brilliant characters. And I was actually surprised at one point that we saw the actor who plays... Um, Daddy Taylor, he also played Daddy Platt at one point because um, I, I think it might have been... I can't, but maybe, it, maybe it was the episode where Jenny and Martin are in, a, in, in the car crash and somebody has to go and tell Martin's dad what's happened. And yeah, it's the, the same actor that plays Mr Platt as played Mr Taylor. Well, I mean, we've just mentioned another thing that happened on these discs, which is... Was it New Year's Eve? Martin and Jenny go off and she wants Maybe, to be in a competition, yeah. a singing competition, and they drive back home. And she drives she, because yeah, he's drunk or something. No, I, I think... I, I thought... I think that... I don't know whether he's drunk or not, but he... She persuades him to drive, to, to let him, her drive, even though she's... She doesn't know what she's doing. I, I can't remember. It was, it was they their, crash. Yeah, they basically. Fall, they drive off the road and roll around, and he's still in the car. And, and Jenny's come out of the, and she's sort of shouting and stumbling around. Uh, yeah, don't they make out that it was him that was driving? Yeah, because she doesn't want to get in trouble. Yeah, that was a pretty that, dramatic stunt. That was stunt, a, that was a nice it? stunt, and and I think one that gets forgotten. Yeah. It's, it's not a stunt that's gone down in Corrie history, is it? You'd think that Jenny would have had flashbacks of rolling the car over when she tried to kill Liz that time. <laughs> she didn't try to kill Liz, she was just in the way. Oh, it's another accident, is it? It's starting to become a pattern with you, Jenny. <laughs> um, I just have a look. I think we've covered you know, the main stories and the main characters so far. Um, do, you, what, do you remember much of um, Vera's mum, Amy Burton, that came in at a few episodes? A, another a, a character that came in as a bit of a cantankerous battle axe. Vaguely. So we, vaguely. we saw her in like two episodes. I think that she made a bit of an, more of an impression on me when I watched her, you know, 20 years ago when I was watching on the Granada Plus repeats. But she was she was quite, a, um, a, again, a formidable character. But yeah, and maybe not so much on what we saw. Um we had um, we had a few a few characters leave, Bill and Debbie, and not didn't make a huge impression in the eighties, did they? Considering, no. I mean, in, in the case of Debbie, how big a character she is now is like almost a, a, a central character to the sixtieth anniversary, and then Bill, his heyday is more in the nineties, isn't it? 
Um, they they were mostly in the beginning half of the eighties, though, weren't they? Yes, yeah, they they were, but it still it wasn't for very long that they were in it at all. It was like a year or two max, I would say. Um, we also said goodbye to to oh, hello ish and goodbye to Shirley, which was another little mini story arc, wasn't it? Um, with Curly going out with her and then Alf being racist. Oh uh, yeah, that was a weird one, and we saw two or three episodes in that under under Corypedia's um, recommendation, and that story. That just felt odd to me. I was I I didn't get the racist bit. I assume we missed something from an episode we didn't see. It but was, it seemed like he was trying to get rid of them, and Kylie thought it was because Shirley was black. And yeah, I don't know if it was or not. But the the bits I saw, he wasn't being racist. Yeah. So I guess I missed. We missed something out of that. We, the, I I didn't I I I didn't see enough of Curly and Shirley's relationship to say whether it was. No, one for the ages. It didn't appear to be. Although I do remember the scene where they go up to the. Is it, they're above the corner shop, aren't they? And she persuades him into bed, and he's like, "Oh, I haven't broken me dock yet." That's disgusting. <laughs> and then he gets into bed with her in his pajamas and stuff. That was quite. You're cute. never going to break exactly your pajamas <laughs> on. Um, what else did we have? Let's just have a little scroll down of the rest of our notes here and see if there's anything else that particularly stands out to you. Because I, I would say, well, like I said before, there aren't. That there were there were more episodes again here where it was just it felt like a standard episode and maybe one famous thing happens in it, but then the rest of the episode is just a bit. Well, I mean, a, a pretty important thing happened when, I mean, two two I think, two big big sets got changed around a bit. I can't remember whether the Rovers got rid of that change, but that had a fire and reopened. Well, they got rid of the select and the snug, didn't they? Of that course, was a, yes. that was a huge yeah. change. So and also Alf's mini market in 1985 reopened as not being as being self-service oh yeah and they had that opening where bet um takes the place of miss weatherfield well, she was she, to miss open weatherfield. she had been miss weatherfield 1954 that that was quite nice yeah um so that was quite fun um and and alf was really proud of himself and that kind of like ushered in a new era of um of modernization in coronation street because i mm. certainly was alive in this time and I don't ever remember what going into a shop that was not self-service mm. so I think I don't know whether Coronation Street was a bit behind the times or if different parts of the country had different things but you know yeah I mean if I, you want to talk about being behind the times I just want to point out that when I was I mean I don't even know if they still do it but like even in my late teens 20s go to the Isle of Wight shops would be shut for lunch so don't talk to me about <laughs> about the South being more advanced. Um, I, I remember the episode where Tracy goes missing one point and it turns out that she's run away to Newcastle and there's a few scenes with her on uh, and, uh, on the train and station friendly, on the platform yeah, and, and, in uh, Newcastle because she's gone to see Susan living there. And a friendly policeman asks her questions and yeah. Deirdre says, Derek yeah, and I also just wrote a note here because it was interesting to remark on at the time that Vera makes a comment in that episode that she wants to be a pub landlady one day. Uh, and obviously gets she, she gets her wish 10 Eventually. years later. Um, there was... Oh, there was uh, a nice Christmas Day episode we watched on YouTube. There a few nice Christmas Day episodes. 1985 where um, Percy gets drunk with a ukulele at Emily's and also... Um, we get a bit of uh, futuristic, don't we, Rita 
saying that she's using all of her gadgets to enjoy oh, her yeah, Christmas day. Oh, yeah, she's got a VCR. Because she's already made her roast dinner. She's going to microwave it oh, and record yeah. the Queen on That's the VCR. That's the most 80s thing ever. But speaking of 80s and technology and everything, when we were watching these YouTube episodes, we carried on our tradition of watching the adverts, oh. which I can't remember when we started. Was it like early 70s when we were watching YouTube episodes if we, were, we, we would stop it at the advert break and then do a little search for UK adverts from that particular year. And that's that was so much fun. Just and watching the, the, yeah. the style of adverts over the past, over, from the beginning of the 80s to the end of the 80s. Yeah, and how they the fashions have changed and yeah. how, how like, back in, back when we first started watching the adverts, it was basically like a man with a posh accent would tell you that this product was the best of its kind. Mm. And now it's like they're trying to use more humour and... Um, but they also in the early eighties it was a very kind of electro and dark yeah, and dingy like and some of the adverts. Like neon lights. Yeah, yeah, and they've kind of come out and it's so there are there's a bit more comedy but also more kind of sophistication in the adverts as well. Yeah, um, like in the, in the flashy car adverts. Yes, um, we've had our first abstract car advert mm. of um, a Peugeot or something driving through a field that's on fire. But also, we're just starting to see some adverts that we remember yeah. watching when we were little as well. Um, which it's is really quite funny. a head trip, isn't it? It, it really, really is. Um, what else have we got? Uh, I'm just looking through the 1986 now. I think we've covered a lot of this already. Um, the, the Kevin and Sally relationship, we've not talked loads about it. They've been okay. I wouldn't say that either of those characters... They're not, um, in, in any means, nothings of a character. You can never no. say that about them, but I think it's... They didn't set my world on fire. No, they, they didn't. I enjoyed their wedding. I thought it was funny when they got back after their wedding and, and it was at Terry and Curly and that lot put a load of traffic cones and police tape and stuff up the, uh, up the <laughs> yeah, stairs to stop them going out to bed. Oh, and that's also... The, and then Hilda ends up staying in the Rovers with Bet during that episode and Bet's like I'll lend you one of my um, negligees to wear at night and it's going to change your life and Hilda's like oh is that a promise yeah that was funny um, <sighs> what else did we get um, oh Terry robs the corner shop uh, yeah uh, oh speaking of the Brian and um, and Gail stuff one of the episodes one of the mini um, arcs of that story I enjoyed was when Brian kidnapped Nick and then they went and met up oh, at a yeah. service station somewhere where they were going to do an exchange of Yeah, Nick we thought that something. Nick was going to get run over yeah. running and across a, the road or something. Yeah, and there was a great chase over the top of the uh, Yeah, basically the bridge he just over ran the away from them and drove off in his car because, I mean, the actor who plays Brian was buff Chris as Quinton. hell. And he was on the Krypton factory and everything. So he must have been super, super fit. I don't know how Alan and Gail thought that they could <laughs> run. But yeah, that, that, was, that, was quite a, that was quite a good episode. We also missed the birth of Sarah Louise well, that the beginning was, of 1987. Yeah, that was, that was when um, Brian had left Gail, hadn't yeah, he, he? Because of the, he thought it was child. his cousin's and, uh, child. Yeah, and, and, and Gail the, knew that the it thing, wasn't. Yeah, the thing about it is Gail's like, well, fine, if that's how you feel, then you're not going to be a part of our lives anymore, which I think is really unfair to Sarah because the baby it's not the baby's fault that the dad doesn't know whether it's his child mm. she's basically denying Sarah a dad because she was being too proud to I mean he was in the wrong as well but she just gave up so easily yeah yeah like the, the whole, whole relationship Brian and Gail was relationship was was the best yeah, very very flimsy yeah um this this one here the the, the dodgy chimney and the duckworth was one of the few 
kind of standalone comedy episodes. It's like, do you remember the episode when this little comedy caper happens? Yeah, because Jack's got a dodgy chimney and Ivy says, oh, it's got gas. So he, he goes to clean it and then they both end up covered in soot, Basically. which is like the same thing that's happened before. That's the, yeah, that whole thing would have felt more at home in 70s Corrie. Yeah. So it was quite nice to see it back again, but I, really? I would have preferred to see the Ogdens doing, playing that story. The other day, I was walking up the road to the shop and I passed a chimney sweep van. Did you indeed? I did. <laughs> Somebody up the road has a chimney. <laughs> Just looking at my sweeping. notes there, that was the episode that, um, Martin's dad was in it, playing dad, played by the guy who played Daddy Taylor, because um, that was when Jenny w- went off to France with Martin, and then he Martin came back, didn't he? And Jenny stayed there with with her Patrice, but we didn't we didn't see no. any of the Patrice stuff on the on the DVD or YouTube. Oh, um, we also missed out the fact that Beck got pregnant in nineteen eighty eight. No, no, we talked about that. I one. said I can't believe that she got pregnant, but I, we didn't say what happened. She she loses the baby and that that that, that to just... me was was very good relationship character building for for well, them both... it showed that they even though they were the uh, the real odd couple they by that point had developed some kind of deep affection for each other yeah they they kind of both panic and puff cigarettes and booze and then sort of go well what's the worst that can happen let's just do it and then unfortunately the baby. You know, doesn't it, make it. Yeah, doesn't doesn't come to term. I think I think that's kind of it. I think we've covered pretty much everything. Um, and 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 now here we are in the nineties, and well, we will be when we get around to watching it. The DVD is here, um, and it's going to be a, like I said before. It's going to be a weird one for me because everything all 80 episodes on the disc plus any other ones that we may end up watching on youtube i've seen in the past two years and i don't know whether it's going <laughs> to gonna me be, really be is it going to be boring like well oh, i've seen this because already in the 80s i get a feeling of i kind of know what happened here there's not much kind of new and exciting and oh i didn't know that about that character to me that which is what i did certainly get the feeling of when watching it in the 60s and 70s so it could be that it's like i've seen this before but on the other hand i'm also looking forward to it that i might be able to fill in some gaps yeah i think that's the thing i'm looking forward to the most is watching it with you and going right okay so what has going on who's this character here because when and and what am I missing here? Why is this important? Yeah, and I'll be able to hopefully, if I if I remember, be able to fill in some background <laughs> You've details. You've got a lot of pressure you. on because you because we've 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 used the Coropedia like if we were in watching a nineteen eighty nine, we'd go to the nineteen eighty nine page and say right in between the last episode and this one, here are three bullet points of things that happened. It's such a great hope, site. Yeah, but hopefully I'll be able to tell you a little bit more so, about it. So where are, where's classic then? What, what we're, date? We're, we're now in nineteen ninety seven. So oh by God. the I mean. It could well be yeah. the whole of the nineties. By the time we get there, I'll have watched, or may, maybe not. You no, know, ninety nine. We'll, maybe yeah, I think we'll catch up. I mean, we'll we'll probably end up doing the early nineties. You know, it's going to be February time, probably. I don't want to rush it too much, really. I don't want to rush it. I, I reckon if we aim to get to the end of the two thousands, you know, by summer. Um, the original plan was let's get through it in the, the year for the 60th anniversary and, and that was maybe a bit of a big ask even though we had lots of extra time for, for some points during the year when we weren't at... Now that Corey's back to six well, episodes yeah, there's a lot and there's a lot of 60th anniversary extra things to do 
and think about it's more difficult to fit in multiple episodes of old Corrie. Yeah. And I'm still, I still would say that we're not getting the hankering to watch to devour the episodes in the same way as we were with some of the 60s one when no. it was such a different world it was yeah. so fascinating it, it's because you're watching it for so on, on so many different levels it's yeah. it's not because the show is intrinsically better or worse it's that it's much e- it was much easier to to consume it was like you said a different world and it felt like almost felt a bit like i was learning history mm. or like it's like if you could watch if you could watch an episode of the real Queen Elizabeth I in court, like, you know, talking to famous people. It's like you got to watch that because all of these people I've heard all the, all about them for years and years doing this podcast, you know, oh, it's Annie Walker, oh, it's Elsie Tanner, finally getting to see them actually doing stuff in the yeah. show and it actually lived up to my expectations. Yeah. Was just the hopes. such a great experience. Yeah. But yeah, that that's not to disparage the 80s it's not it's not i, th- I think yeah. i was i think i was expecting the 80s to be less filler than it actually ended up being i i thought in my head that the 80s was a really 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 golden era or that it would be and and i think i'd built it up in my head that it was you know it wasn't as good in the 70s and the 80s would be the savior but actually looking back on it i'm thinking you know what i i almost did like the 70s more than the 80s i I can't decide i I certainly out of these three decades the 60s is the one that i enjoyed watching the more for for multitude of reasons um yeah i'm i i really i don't want to say i would want to say one was better than the other because they they both had their their good points they both had their lulls yeah and i want to actually watch all the episodes before (laughs) i can say and i don't know if i'll ever be able to watch everything no i know it's it's really hard isn't it to it's very frustrating to to judge because we we only we've, we've only had snapshots but um it's much it would be much easier to understand what was going on if we watched every episode but then you know this would this project would take <laughs> yeah quite a lot longer years than it, all, it, than it years already years is to do this. yeah but um any any concluding thoughts about the 80s how a good decade for cory was it as you were expecting there's a not lot, as good better there's a lot of like famous things and stories that i got to see that fill fill in some of the big blanks i've had yeah so that was fun. Whereas they they weren't for me blanks particularly, I suppose. Yeah, like you know, I watched what happened Plus. with Alan Bradley and yeah, um, I, yeah, it was it was it was fun to watch. It's sad that lots of the big characters that I really liked have gone. Um, but like I said, there are. I would say the cast in the eighties is still very very strong, and and you know it's got a golden era of so so many fantastic cast members but they're just i mean the thing is to the to the early set yeah and and the thing is like even even just doing the choropedia character survey for the 60th anniversary i know that there will be characters that get introduced in the 90s and the early 2000s where i'm gonna go yeah this was a waste of everybody's time this character's boring and silly. Nobody cares about this character. They didn't last very long. It feels like the turnover rate went it, up it rapidly. It ramps up, yeah. And 
But I would still say in the eighties it didn't. It wasn't no, that. It wasn't. That's that not cricket. what I'm saying. That I'm talking about the nineties and the two thousands. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. So, so like. To say, oh, maybe the 80s wasn't that good, I don't think so, because I, I'm not... I honestly don't think I'm... I've got high expectations for the 90s, Frank, to be frank. Well, uh, have, having, you know, watched the first seven years of the 90s in the past two years over ITV3, I think it still is a... Although it has its lulls and it's got some characters who are kind of, like, there to me... Um, there was still an awful, awful lot to like about the nineties, and and I think because they go more into the the big sensational uh, headline grabbing stories during that decade, I'm hoping that what appears on the discs we do get to see more hit after hit after hit, and not so many filler episodes or episodes you know that are mostly filler, and then one one big thing happens. We'll so see, we, we we will have to see, yeah, and and I'm certainly, I mean, I'm still hoping that Coropedia will be able to recommend us some episodes, but I'm certainly going to be thinking. I know it's not. I know it's not. But I'm certainly going to be thinking very hard to myself about yeah, what do I to want to over, what do you? I want to show you? Yeah, that I enjoyed now, watching on ITV three. It's now like you're 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 giving me a mm. tour of nineties Cory, yeah. and my. My judgment of it at the end will be and, sort of somewhat in your hands. And at the end of the nineties, that will pretty much, you know, close the loop on your Coronation Street knowledge, won't it? Because you started watching it with I me in two thousand and one. Yeah. So okay. by the end of this, you'll have kind of seen it all. I doubt. I don't. But then I, 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 I've probably forgotten an awful lot that happened in the two thousands. To be frank. Well, we don't need to worry about that. We yet, don't need do to we? worry about that yet. We'll see. So, um, anyway, that that was our rundown of the second half of nineteen eighties. Um, what did you think of that of that era? Have you got any favourite bits? Did you disagree with us about any of the stuff that we? Do you think that Gail was maligned? Yeah, have we given that, any characters yeah, a disservice? Given her a bad shake and been horrible about brian for no good reason was ivy really a bitch all along <laughs> was jenny a brilliant driver let us know where we've gone wrong what you think and um you can find us at conversation street at on twitter at conversation street facebook we're on youtube we're all over the place and we we'll are probably literally and figuratively and um and what with next week on coronation street being a fairly big week i expect our social media presence will um be heightened yes hopefully anyway we'll do our best we've to got catch lots up, of stuff to come lot, up there's all kinds of, of exciting happening. things happening and we hope that you enjoy it yes all including so, this episode okay, exactly so um We'll see you next week, but don't don't forget if you've listened to this first and you want to go and listen to the rest of the podcast where we talk about um, Yasmin's trial week and and so forth. Do tune into that. Yes. But if you've heard that already, then we'll what see you, you next week. Just Fingers crossed for the sixtieth, everybody. Yeah. See you next time. Bye bye. The music for this episode came from podcastthemes.com. dot